about to go deep with Dan Good. Hey, what's up, guys? So today, as you can see, if you're watching the podcast or if you can hear it, you won't hear anyone else. Going solo today, going deep with you guys. Now, due to COVID and its restrictions at the moment, um, I can't have a guest on, basically. I thought to, it was better to err, err on the side of caution here. Um, but that's how we're doing it. Had some great guests lined up, some uh, stunt performers, ex-MMA fighter. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to get them on, though, so it's all good. We'll get, be back rolling, but today you're dealing with me. Um, so basically what's been happening lately is uh, I've been on holiday. Uh, I've been back over in New Zealand uh, visiting the family, managed to get in before the lockdowns happened and not get stuck over there. But I'm back in Australia now, back in the mix of things, had an audition this week for a TV series, standard American accent, so something that was Kiwi boy, uh, done a little bit over the past, so you know. But um, it was one thing that I probably just wanted to touch on is that I, I was probably a little rusty, you know. I hadn't um, been doing a lot of classes lately and, and that's something that we obviously all know as actors that we need to keep up, we need to keep our tools sharpened and in fine-tuned order, ready to go. And so it took a few takes to get back in the swing of things. Um, managed to not even have an actor actually reading for me. It was someone else, a young lady that helped me out. So that was awesome, thanks to her. Um, but it's it's always, you know, you want to give yourself the best opportunity when you have these things going on. And there's a lot going on personally in Queensland at the moment because other places are shut down because of COVID. And yeah, so it, it went all right though, you know, we got there, we got it done. Um, but it's something that I know that I need to keep in check with myself is just being sharper with my skills, you know, and uh, I think that's where you got to be honest with yourself as an actor, as a performer or in any uh, pursuit that you're following is that you just need to be in the best shape you possibly can when the opportunities arise. And that's something that I will hold myself accountable for, you know, and accountability is something that we always need to, I feel, keep ourselves in check with. Um, so that's something that I, I think uh, we probably all know. And if we're honest with ourselves, sometimes maybe we let slip, but it's that fine line between the balance. And that's what I've found over the years, especially um, first coming into the game, I was just going at it like a ball in a china shop and just just going hard and um, didn't really look after myself, you know. And I think I've spoke about that uh, a little bit more on uh, the first other solo podcast that I did um, with the help of the Eric Morris technique and that book right there, No Acting Please, which we did touch on. So if you want to go check that out, um, I talk a lot more in depth about that. But that's when I really found the balance and being properly in the right situation and having my instrument myself in check, relax, you know, meditations, things like that, whatever can help you having that balance with the outside life and, and doing things out there that are enjoyable for you, you know, getting out there and um, traveling when you can and seeing your friends and going out because as we all know, we've got to sacrifice a lot and we can't always be having going out and having fun when we're trying to pursue something like this, uh, the acting game, because it's a, it's a tough pursuit, it's a, it's a hard pursuit and a lot of the time is spent, you know, just by yourself doing your thing and or in, in classes, I guess. And, yeah, no one really sees the hard work behind all that and the sacrifices, but, you know, that's what we choose to do on this. And I will get to that later because that is a question that came up, which I did put out um, on social media this week. Um, just wanting to know what you guys wanted to hear from me, what people that listen to the show or people that, I guess, follow my journey personally and what I've been doing with the podcast and my acting career, filmmaking career and everything else. Um, and I will get to those because uh, there's a few really good questions in there, but that was definitely one that was highlighted, but uh, I'll get to that. The other thing I guess I, I really want to talk about today and start off with is a subject you hear by, I guess, a lot of motivational people and other people pursuing things in, in their life, but it's a, it's a common thing with motivated people that when you're pursuing something, especially like this as well, or anything that you, you're going for is the fear, is fear. And I'll say it a third time, fear. Now what they say, and I don't want to be too cliche and keep going down the roads that you always hear, but Fear is one of your greatest weapons um, and it's one of the hardest things to confront, obviously, within yourself and what you're chasing um, because we tend to push down those emotions that we don't really want to deal with, the hard ones, the hard things to look at within ourselves 
um, the fear of disappointment, the fear of failure, the fear of not completing the task that we put out and set out for ourselves. And sometimes in this, obviously, we have high expectations of what we want to achieve. And I spoke about it a little bit with uh, Andy Sparnon in episode 15, and it's about having those little achievable goals along the way and just reaching those little goals and further and further you get up that mountaintop rather than just looking at the top and trying to reach it, you know, straight away because it's a really hard and sometimes unattainable thing to get to that top of the mountain. But, you know, this is why we do it. We have hard, challenging tasks and this is, you know, we obviously don't roll over easy, us actors or anyone pursuing something difficult, that's for sure. So fear, fear, fear. I say it a third time again because it really governs how we operate. Something for me, I'll, I'll, I'll just, I won't go too back into an origin story right here, but I mean, I guess I could, I could put it down to in childhood, you know, but I would say more teenage years in college. Um, I always had a fear of groups, uh, a fear of speaking in front of groups, especially that scared the absolute shit out of me. And I'm not going to lie. And, um, one thing I guess I used to combat that as I sat back in groups, you know, especially like if I was with a few of my close friends, you know, that's fine. That's all right. You know, you're in a bit of a space and, uh, growing up in New Zealand, you know, you take a, take the piss out of each other a lot. Um, so you got to have a bit of a thick skin to be even be able to operate within your own friend circle. <laughs> Weird, right? But that's how it goes, you know, and that's where you get these, um, your comedic timing going, you know, things like that, or you learn to learn to let, uh, the water roll off your back, you know, like a duck in water. I've used that analogy before I know, but it's just, that's, kind of what you got to what you got to have and especially in this game because you deal with a lot of rejection um and you need to be able to just deal with that and move on and go to the the next opportunity you know and just give it your all in the opportunity in the moment that you get um but yeah when I was in big groups I, I tend to stick back and like I was still in some you know cool circles or whatever you want to call it but it was you know you let the loud people be loud and they do because they love to talk. They love to hear the, their own voice. This coming from someone that's speaking by himself on a podcast right now with the headphones on, might I add, because I like the sound of my own voice. <laughs> you know, it's um, really because I'm by myself and I want to check the audio. But that was the thing. And I, I just let them talk, you know. And, and one thing that I found that I got from that was the ability to observe. And I, and I felt like I really, now I realize going back on that, that that was a huge and awesome tool to have, that ability to observe people. Uh, talking and doing their own thing and talking a big game, you know, and just you just pick up little bits and pieces along the way from this person and that person. You know, hmm, I'll think about that and I'll internalize that. And and I know it's there for a later date. I don't know why, but I'm holding on to certain things, you know, and you analyze them as you get older in life and you realize these things and you can actually use them as skills or attributes within yourself to be a better person. Um but it's something, yeah, like I didn't want to speak up. I was pretty scared of being shot down, you know, in a, in a group like that. And um, speaking, you know, to uh, parents and other people, you know, as well, I think um, there may be about like a little bit of social anxiety in there too, but it's something that I think um, I've been done pretty well with uh, combating, I think, especially in this game, what what I'm chasing, um, to have that is, is not – not exactly a, a, a good thing or a thing that's easy to deal with, but maybe it makes these challenges and these things, you know, worth doing as well and confronting them. Um, that was never easy, but I didn't realize what it was until sort of now and um, speaking more in depth with people about it, I, I, I can sort of cross-reference those situations and realize that maybe I had like little things like that going on, but, you know, you can't let these things deter you as well. I know they're hard and I know it's, it's, it's a hard thing to combat and face. But, you know, your life's worth living and what you want to achieve and what you want to go for is worth doing. So you can't let these little things, um, you know, kill your dreams. You can't let them better you. Uh, you just got to push forward and push through them because you can get through them. You are strong enough to do that. Um, so, yeah, that happened a lot. And I was always playing sports, you know, cricket, rugby, soccer, anything and everything really. Um and so I'm always in groups then and, and I was still quiet a little bit then, but I, I knew like I had the confidence to say stuff, but I didn't quite have the confidence to back myself in those situations, I think. Um, 
And it really wasn't until a really pivotal moment in my life. Um, and sorry if I have spoken about this before. I don't know if I've spoken about it on this podcast in depth, so to speak. Um, maybe J.R. Hill's first ever episode of his podcast that we did so many years ago now. Um, I spoke about it, but it was when, um, before I moved to Australia. So growing up in New Zealand, really small town, um, you know, there's not there's not a lot going on, but... Um, it was cool. It was a really nice place, beautiful place, beautiful part of the world. Um, and that is Blenheim, New Zealand, B-Town represent. Um, but what I found was uh, I was in a relationship there and it was good. It was fun for a while. And then it turned to shit, you know, as some of them do. And uh, I let it linger on for a lot longer than I probably should have. And friends like, come on, bro, you know, what the fuck? Um, get your shit together. Um, and it was just like, it was at a point for me, a pivotal, pivotal point because it was, it was sort of uh, dictating a little bit of how I felt in my life and how I was, uh, how I was going about it. And I was getting a little bored, you know, there, and I didn't really know what to do. And I always spoke about it with uh, one, of my, one of my best mates and stuff like that. And a lot of other people um, about moving to Australia, you know, and taking the chance. And, and at that point, when, it, when I came out of it, I was just like, well, what am I doing? why don't I look it out? There's something that I wanted to do. It's, it's an avenue. It's an opportunity. Um, because I felt like there was a lot more. Plus I just wanted to goddamn check it out, you know? And I went over there with a friend and it was great. And I felt really homely about Brisbane and, and Queensland and self and it's beautiful place. And I was like, you know what? I could definitely see myself living here. And anyway, I took the chance, got a job over here, moved over by myself, you know, heart on my sleeve and just ready to live a different, uh, ready to, you know, go down another avenue in my life. And that's what I did. And that was a scary time, you know, there was a lot of fear there because I had nothing to fall back on. You know, my parents are great. They, they've always helped me, you know, and I drove them up the wall and <laughs> they'll tell you that I was, I was a little shit at times, you know, real little shit. And I know that. Um, and I couldn't apologize for it more, <laughs> but, um, you know, that that's just, that's part of life and growing up. Right. And so I came over there and started the job. It was weird, you know, new people, uh, just foreign country, foreign people. I'm a foreigner in this country. And I had to really find my feet, you know. And that was, that was a scary time. And I was still getting through, you know, what I was getting through and finding my confidence again. And something that, that helped me was going to the gym and started training. When I opened up there, I'm still going to that gym like nine and a half years later. Funnily enough, after moving so many different places in the city, but I just went at it and I started training and I started uh, really feeling good about myself, you know, and really getting that confidence within myself and what I was uh, trying to do. Not that I really knew what I was trying to do at this point. It was just living life in something new and new opportunities. But I just, yeah, this this fire started getting ignited within myself. And uh, that's what I could honestly say about working out. It, it clears the mind and, and it really it gives you something to strive for and, and some confidence, you know, within yourself. So anyone that's thinking about it, go out there and do the damn thing because it's, it's so beneficial. I can barely go a day without training or doing something exercise because it just really does clear the clutter out of my mind. And, and that helps with everything that I got to, got to do in a day in life. And especially with acting and everything else, um, you don't need to have those hindrance on you because you want to give as much, much of your facilities about you to go and do what you need to do. And, yeah, that confidence, it just started really igniting in me. And uh, so I was trying to get back in the game, you know. I was trying to trying to go out with some young lasses over here and there's some absolute beautiful stunners over here in Australia. Um, and I didn't know what the hell I was doing, you know. I used to do it right, but I, I didn't really know what I was doing. But one thing that I found with that confidence is that I just thought, you know what, like, it's time to swing for the fences. If you want to hit a home run, you're not going to do nothing just sitting in the dugout and not getting up to the plate and having a swing. And it was just that shift in my mind. It just starting to just, I was like, you know what? I don't even care if I fail. I don't even care if this girl shots, shoots me down right now. Because once I did it the first time, the confidence that I felt after that and the relief, I was like, oh, well, that wasn't so bad. It's time to take another swing. What the hell, you know? And every time, I didn't even care if they said yes or I got their number or anything even eventuated from it. It was just the confidence within myself to take a swing and take that leap and try and not let that fear of rejection and failure get the better of me. And it just started 
that fire just kept going and igniting and getting getting bigger and bigger and and I just kept going for it, you know. And then I and then that's how I found and I just fell into it and that's where people ask me. I just fell into acting and filmmaking and um and I don't even yeah, it was something that I think I always wanted to do anyway, but it was just it was just there and I just fell into it and and then I just, the confidence from that, and I was just going at it so hard all the time because I loved it. I'd never been in a situation like that where people are really good, you know, and maybe I struck it right with the right amount of people. I always believe that, you know, the good energy that you put out there will come back to you, you know, you put out there in the universe and with people and you you have love and respect for them, you know, and you support them and they'll do the same to you. And the, the toxic people, the other people that don't really matter are going to fall along the wayside anyway because they're going to show their true colours um, pretty early on, you know, with this sort of thing. And, and that's what it was, but I'd never been in a situation with getting so much praise before or, you know, just people giving you that time and wanting to invest into you and you into them. And it's such a beautiful thing, you know, because when you don't have it, I mean, unless the only thing you can kind of compare it to if you're a star sports star, I guess, and they blow smoke up your ass because you're the best player in the team. Um, But it wasn't like that. It was just like, yeah, people were just um, so nice about it or just so – I don't even know. It's just, it's a different world. And we've spoken about this before. It's just, you feel you've got the ability to be you, you know, and, and, and pull these things out of the deep recesses of your mind and your soul and your body, you know, and, and to play these characters and they're encouraging that you're in encouraging environments to go about that. And that's just such a special thing in that creative realm. Um, to be able to do that. And for me, that was just, it was amazing. So I just kept going at it, you know, and sure, there was some roles and some films that I wanted to be a part of that maybe I didn't get, you know, but a lot, but a lot of the stuff I was going for, I was getting, you know, and, or getting quite far with the casting process or would get another little, smaller support role if I didn't get the lead role or I was a part of it in some way, you know, and that's building those networks up. But I guess what, I, what I'm trying to say here is that that's, you know, taking a swing, facing that fear early on um, or late on in life, I guess you could say, um, being in early 20s and doing all that, um, it really built me as a man, built me as a human, you know, and it led me to find out more things about myself by taking those swings and facing those fears and putting myself out there. Because in this game, you know, that's what you're doing. You're putting everything on the line. And sometimes it doesn't always go the best of ways, so to speak, because, you know, uh, you put it all out there. And sometimes in these situations with with people that you are talking to or you are um, investing in and giving your energy to, it doesn't always reciprocate back, you know. And I'm sure we've all had times where that's happened as well and whether it be relationships and stuff too as well but and that's happened to me as well you know and and that was something to deal with you know I guess that's the that's the other side of the of the hill isn't it the other point of the sword is that sometimes this can hurt you as well um when you're facing these fears and you're putting yourself out there um and I can honestly say I've had that happen to myself in the in the worst situations you know with great friends and um and and going on going at certain things like being a part of a film and a family you know a film family you know and and that's a tough thing to come back from you know it really is like uh I I possibly thought I might have talked more about this at some other point on the pod with other people that I know that I've had on but it, it just never really came up you know and it did to a certain extent, but it ha- I haven't gone in depth with um, those and maybe that's a, another podcast in itself um, for when that happens. But, you know, I still wouldn't change it for anything, you know, because the situations that I've been through have definitely taught me lessons to go forward later on in life and why they were so goddamn hard at the time and gut-wrenching and emotional and and really hurt, um, I was stronger for it, you know. Um, I could say I lost bits of myself along the process, but, I mean, that's life, you know. Like, it's just you can't hold on to everything when you're putting yourself out there like that. Um, all you can do is do the best ability that you can to um, really, you know, 
build up that Teflon skin a little more. And, and it's hard when you're, when you're supposed to be vulnerable and you're supposed to be open and you're supposed to be putting it all out there. But that's just, you, you learn these things along the way um, in life and, and you use them to better yourself, you know, and, and go at the things that that you that you try and to achieve, you know, the goals that you set for yourself in life, the 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 opportunities you're making for yourself in this game. Um, but I guess you know, like I said, I, w- I wouldn't change it for anything, and that's that's the thing about fear, you know. And you use it to propel yourself because, I mean, it can be your greatest Achilles heel, and it could be your greatest weapon, you know. Because as as I just explained, then that fear of moving over here or putting myself out there and being vulnerable. Um, once I said, fuck it, and excuse my French if you don't like swearing, but it's the best word for it I feel at the time, is that once you throw that away, it really leaves you in the, to, to grasp those things within the, that you were probably blocking before, that you were probably pushing down because you didn't want to face them. You didn't want to confront that fear within you and you didn't want to know about it. You just put it aside. You know, you'd, we justify things. That's something we're really good. I was re- something I'm really good at doing, but I think it's uh, something that us humans are, are very, very good at doing is um, justifying our means, our, why we're not doing something or why we do something. Uh, <laughs> it's a human trait, I guess one of the most human traits I feel sometimes. Um, but yeah, and, and that's just, that's where you find out something about yourself. You know, you find out what you're made of when you, when you confront those fears. And that's what I say that you can use it to propel yourself forward, you know, because without failure, there can't be growth and without growth, we can't get better. And without being better, we can't attain these things that we want to in life because we're setting such high goals for ourselves, you know? And, that's just part of being a performer, part of being an entertainer, part of going on this journey of life to succeed in what you choose to succeed in, in life and what's your fullest life. What what do you judge that to be, you know, because everybody's different. Some people don't even want to do this kind of shit, you know. They just want to live their life and they just want to have kids and they want to have that fulfilling life in that regard and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that and that's an amazing thing in itself and it's something, you know, I hope to have for myself as well along the way but right now I've got things that I want to achieve, you know, before I get to those and that is a sort of a bit of a question um, that I've been asked as well um, by some of the people that um, submitted those. But we can can get to that or maybe we, we could get to that now. Why not? Let's do it. Um, one question that was asked was by my mate Luke, um, what was your most embarrassing scene you had to shoot? Jesus, that's a question. And it's funny because the, the scenes that you think would be embarrassing aren't always embarrassing. Like I've had to, the series Hard Knock Life, you know, um, that I was on, you can check that out on Amazon Prime in the US or Tubi, Plex, Hoopla. It's on a bunch of platforms. The links in my bios on my on the Instagram and all the rest of it. Um, if you want to check that out, but there was a lot of sex antics in that show, sexual innuendo, a lot of um, <laughs> scenes that were just quite bizarre in that regard. Um, and it wasn't even it wasn't embarrassing. Yeah, like we we had a like bunch of sex toys in this one scene, and I had this gothic gothic chick that was. Um, Trying to, I was supposed to be the ladies' man, you know, in the in this uh, scenario. But as often with a lot of ladies' man, so per se, they've got other things that they're dealing with that they've pushed down, and that's probably why they're going about the way they they do with women and things like this. And um, so I talked a big game, and she busts out this big black dildo like this big. It's Kong, like this thick. I'm telling you, it was huge, size of this microphone, girth thick. And she was trying to shove it in my mouth and use all these sex toys on me and things like that. It was it was pretty funny. But even that, that wasn't embarrassing. That was just hilarious, especially with the cameraman riding me at some point to get the POV angle of this chick trying to, you know, do these things to me was hilarious. And shout out to Jace. You know, bro, you know. <laughs> um that wasn't really embarrassing, you know, and it, and it's like other situations too. I've had to do like naked bathtub scenes and things like this, and um, 
And you're concentrating so hard on doing a good job at the time that you're not really embarrassed because you're just so in the scene. And it's not like you're getting aroused or anything too when you think you would when you got a like really sexy chick right across from you in the bathtub pretty much naked. Um, <laughs> you're not really aroused by those situations is because you're just so focused on what you have to do, the job at hand. Um, working out naked before with a, in a room full of guys, J.R. Hill, shout out. Um, Agent 88 coming soon, hopefully should be finished. But, um, yeah, I had to work out naked with like a sock on my cock. Excuse the French once again, but it rhymes. So I said it. Um, and that was with a bunch of blokes in the room. It was, it was really funny and, um, good times, good times, but embarrassing. I mean, and that's the thing, like you're putting yourself out there. Like we said, as insane as we don't get embarrassed all that easy. Um, it's generally by the most bizarre things. And it's a good question, but I'm trying to think, like on the spot, like, look, I glanced over these questions before, but I just wanted to come in fresh, you know, and talk to you guys candidly on the on the flow of things, you know. This is how we do on this podcast, you know that. None of this is really prepared overly. We're just going with the flow, um, unedited, uncut, raw action. Um, I don't know. What else is embarrassing? Yeah, I can't actually think of a good scene where I was embarrassed overly. Um, I guess probably one, yeah, I, I've got one, and it's a weird one because it's probably like I've just said those things that I've just spoke about now. It wouldn't be when you'd think you would get embarrassed, but a tough scene that I know that I had to do, and this stems back to what I was speaking about before, is that when I was uh, in college and stuff and doing speeches for school, absolutely hated them petrified, did not want to do it at all. Most terrifying things I can remember doing was speeches at school. And now I'm acting, you know, done stand-up comedy on stage and all these other things, but that's about facing those fears as I was speaking about before because I knew I had to do it because I knew I could delve into things within me if I faced those. But it was when I was doing um, a... The scene, I was playing a detective Tobias Kane and Alpha Masji, and I was one of the lead detectives on the case. And I had to speak in front of like probably 10, 15 extras in the briefing room and a whole lot of crew around me, you know. And it was a big scene for me. It was like my opening scene in the film. And I had to have this big, long lament as J.R. Hill writes. Um, with a lot of massive words that I did not know how to pronounce before we started that I had to look up. And that was tough, you know, like I was get, I was really quite nervous and thought of, you know, like the thought of the embarrassment, I guess it was more the, the perception of being embarrassed, you know, doing that in front of everyone and stuffing it up. Um, but I got through it pretty fine. I may have rushed it when I look at it in, the, in hindsight after I've seen it, but like all actors, when we watch these things that we do, we're like, damn, I could have done better in that scene. And that's just the growth process and, and what you're like, you're hard on yourself as an actor. Um, that was tough. Uh, and that was it, 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 there was like moments where it could have been that way, but I used it in the scene. Um because my character, whilst he was pretty good at that stuff, was a little funny on other ways and, and the way I built him up to be um, in, in that regard. Um, so, Luke, I know I just ranted there and I didn't really actually answer your question because I don't really recall being overly too embarrassed in a scene, although I probably should have. Um, another question he asked was how many takes does it normally take you to do shoot one scene? I mean, that can vary as we all know. Um, he's a comedy fan, you know, he, uh, he, he doesn't probably exactly know the game, you know, in itself. Um, like I said before, sometimes when you're rusty, it takes a little bit to dust off the cobwebs and, um, and get going, but you usually only get a few takes of a scene, you know, you usually only get two to three takes maybe of a scene um, when you're shooting something decent. It depends on your time restraints as all films are under um, and some are very limited, you know, when you started out with short films, um, student films, they've got a bit of time, you know, they allow time for the students to grow and the people to get what they want from the scenes. Um, 
But generally speaking, yeah. And you know, it generally takes that take or two to really get the flow on. If you ha- especially if you haven't had res- rehearsals and stuff, which you don't always have that luxury. Um, but sometimes you do, you know, and and then you're better for it, obviously, because you've rehearsed it with your scene partners and you kind of just jive together a lot better. Um, but I don't need to tell the other performers that because they are quite aware of the situation. Um, so, yeah, another question he did ask as well, who was the nicest big-time actor you met and who was the snobbish one who seemed – uh, seemed to not want anything to do with anyone else that wasn't an A-list. Um, all good if you can't name names, he says. <laughs> wow. There's a few. I Honestly, um, like being a part of Thor Ragnarok, uh, Taika Waititi's film with Chris Hemsworth um, as, as the lead, you know, Idris Elba, Tessa Thompson, uh, there's so many others, Tom Hiddleston and that in there. They're really good, you know. Um, like I could say... It, it, it's interesting because I'll say this little story and I'm probably going to get some shit for this one, but um, when I was first going down the studios, uh, Warner Brothers Studios down there, uh, Roadshow Studios on the on the Gold Coast, um, they were shooting uh, the Thor, Thor Ragnarok and I was lucky enough to get asked to go down there and do camera tests and if those of you who don't know what camera tests are, it's like it was the first day Taika Waititi was actually on set Um there to check out like the lighting and everything and the costumes and what have you. Um, and I was playing an Asgardian from Chris Hemsworth, or Thor's um, Homeworld. Um, and there really hadn't been too many people down there, I believe, from at that point. Only like, you know, makeup artists and crew and everyone getting all the sets, you know, set decorators and set builders and getting all that stuff because they had to build some extravagant sets, which is an amazing thing to see when you get to be a part of those, you know, Hollywood big budget films. Um, so I was down there uh, and I was in my Asgardian outfit, you know. And so they were testing it out and I was with another young lady, Pearl. Um, she was, uh, you know, in the female version of the Asgardian outfit. Um, and so it was pretty cool, you know, like I was so friggin' excited when I go down to those uh, studios, you know, um, just because I've never, you know, small town kid, man, you, you, you don't, you, you never seen anything like that before. And you just, oh man, that energy is just thriving within you. And anyway, I was down there, got on my costume, hair and makeup, all the rest of it. Um, and so they're taking me in my little golf cart to go on set, um, for the, the camera test and like jump off the back and I'm like walking down, you know, and I'm just feeling real good, you know, like there was just this feeling of like, I felt like I was meant to be there. It felt like I was in the right place at the right time at the, in this, um, in this life that I'm living right now. And I was walking along, about to go into the studio, you know, and I see this big figure coming up and walking down and um, he's dressed up in armour and things like this and I'm just like, oh, shit, I think I know who that is. And I'm like walking up, getting closer, and I'm sort of – so I'm just like, I don't want to stare and be awkward, but I was just like going about my thing, you know. I felt pretty good at the time, so I was just in my own energy and going and – um yeah, he's walking closer towards me, walking closer to, towards me, and um, we sort of just lock, make eye contact and just stay in each other's energy, which what felt like, you know, 30 seconds, which was probably only a couple of seconds, and we just stayed there, you know, in each other's energy, just gauging each other and then just a little, what's up, man? And it was Chris Hemsworth, you know, and I just thought that was real cool, you know. I walked away from that going, man, this feels right, you know, this feels 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 good, you know. And then he came in and he was actually doing the camera test with us and he came in and said hello. Nicest guy out there, honestly. That's what I'm trying to say is he was really nice to us, says hello, does our thing, and then boom. And then later on, obviously, in the shooting and everything, real real cool dude. He was talking to the extras, you know, like from, you know, from take to take, just real laid back, cool Aussie dude, like, looks like he likes to have a good time, would be really fun to hang out with, you know. Um, and just he, he was cool, calm and collected, you know, and obviously he'd been done that before, but these were big films, you know, like Thor, you got, you got to remember that when he did his first Thor movie, her man Tom Hiddleston, they were taking a real chance on these guys. They were like no names, so to speak, but they had done obviously stuff before and they were good actors, but they hadn't had a big Hollywood chance, an opportunity yet, and that was this for them, was the first, you know, Thor movies. 
Um, and this was going on. I think they had done one and two. This might have been like the third one, or maybe there was three thought um, Thors, and then this was like the fourth kind of spin-off Thor Ragnarok, you know. Um, and they're doing another one at the moment, Love and Thunder in Sydney. Um, and that was that was a cool moment, me. But he was he was awesome. And the same on that film, Idris Elba was awesome. Always talking to everyone on set, you know, like really good with the kids and stuff. He was cool, such a cool dude. Um, and yeah, a lot of them I've found to be just they're great. They're, they're cool. They're awesome people. And I guess they have to be right because if you don't, then it's going to show up pretty quickly. If you're if you're a egomaniac to work with or you're an asshole, you know, people are going to hear about that and not going to want to do movies with you like the studios and stuff like that, unless you're just the biggest draw card going around, um, which some of them are obviously, I'm sure. But, and you hear about those people, you know, but they were all cool, man. And, and that was, yeah, great experiences. And, and the only one that I would have said was, um, look, it is what it is. Tom Hiddleston, I know, he he seemed a bit weird, although I know my mate was – a female friend of mine was in the scenes with him and he was quite flirty with her apparently, so she says. And But he did come off a little – like he had a bit of an ego on him and a little uh, – a little – I don't know, just like didn't really want to deal with the extras that much. But and I don't blame him because you got to do these scenes, you know, and they're there, they're the main actors, they're the ones delivering and carrying this goddamn movie, you know. But then again, I thought about it later on, you know, and I like him. Don't get me wrong, I like a lot of stuff that he's in. Uh, the Night Manager, terrific TV series, the Loki one at the moment, he's awesome on playing that character. But Loki is a mischievous character. He can be like that. And I guess he was, you know, as I was talking about before, you use these environmental things and the people around you to aid those emotions within you that you're trying to tap into to play the roles, you know, and I thought about it a lot more and he, he's a mischief and, and he's a lot like that in these scenes and that's his character. So forgive you, bro. No, he's, he's good. But um, yeah, the only, I, I, I've never really met a bad A-list, um, so to speak, uh, actor that's like, seem like they've been dramatic on set or been, you know, drama queens or like, you know, anything like that. So it's it's hard to pick one of those out. They've all been awesome to answer your question there. Same with um with Jason Marmola on Aquaman. Um he was awesome. Like we we spent probably a good three weeks, I would say, um we're in one of those opening scene or his opening scene of the movie, um of the first Aquaman where you bust into uh, the submarine and me and like probably eight other dudes or so uh, friends of mine are like, we're all playing Russian submariners and we get killed at the start by um, the guy comes in with the souped up machine gun thing and kills us all. So we're like playing dead this whole time of this three weeks, but we get to see these guys act this whole action sequence out with all the stunt performers and just, you know, wires going everywhere with the stunt performers. They're hook, if those don't know, they're hooked up onto wires and, like, when they get hit by, say, Aquaman or whatever happens, they fly across the room into different parts of us almost and different parts of the ship and, like, they bust them up and they're, like, replacing, like, control panels with the dented ones after to do the other takes. And it's, it's a crazy, awesome thing to see. And, like, the construction and everything that goes into building these sets is just absolutely phenomenal when you see it and the money spent, you know, obviously that's why they have these big budgets as well as paying these actors that cash money. But... He was awesome, man. We're in a tight space all the time and he's got to do all this stuff all the time, massive, huge amount of um, agility and athleticism to be able to do these stunts too with these talented talented as stunt performers that um, – and some of them were flown in America. Some of them are the really good core stunt team that they have here in Australia. Um and that, that they were awesome, man. And like, but he was just a happy-go-lucky guy, you know. He's rapping along, talking to the guys all the time, saying hello, like all the all these random things, eh? But uh, it, and he was just an awesome, dude. Um, so couldn't you know speak more highly of him. Um, and I had a funny interaction with him actually uh, in the toilets, like because I had my Russian um, submariner gears on, like we had like overalls and all this stuff that we had to zip up over our like blue and white striped sailory tops. Um, so I was in there, you know, doing my thing, taking a piss, whatever. And I was just fixing myself up as I'm walking out, trying to quickly get back on set, you know, like doing up my pants. I'm like looking down as I'm walking out, and then I'm just like boom, just straight into the six pack of abs, and I'm like oh. 
what's up, man? Sorry. And he's just like, oh, good brother. Like, and it's just that it's Jason Marmoa, topless, because you would have loved it. Um, just hardcore, chiseled six-pack, tattoos all over him, you know, because the Aquaman tattoos are badass. And just, yeah, it was just funny. I'm at crutch height of him. <laughs> it, was a, it was an interesting scenario to be in uh, with a guy like that. But, man, he just, he's, he's cool. You know, he could have... Like, you know, gone back to his trailer or every single time he wanted to go to the toilet, if they want to, they would stop set for him to do that. But he's just going in the same toilets that we are, you know, and all the other extras that were there that doing that. So he's just an awesome guy is what I'm trying to say. And and they've been, you know, nothing but couldn't talk any highly of them. And like even at the after party and stuff like that that I happened to go to at one point, um, that uh, a, yeah, a friend of mine got me to told me to come in and managed to get us uh, get it, me and a couple of friends in the door um, through some persuasive words of of just uh, you know on the spot flowing with it um, got us in and, and it was great and I actually had the opportunity to, you know have a drink with Tessa Thompson who she's amazing um, and really good conversation with her uh, yeah and, and and that that was great time and I had a few to drink so I was I was very very chatty. Um, and may have tried to flirt with her at some point, I will admit. Um, but I keep getting cock blocked by one of the special effects dudes that was clearly trying to get into her. I'd been working on it for weeks on end, months on end. Um, damn you. <laughs> but nah, it was great. It was fun. Um, yeah, yeah, good times. And, and she was terrific. Like, I had a really good, insightful conversation with her, you know, and she's very spiritual. And that, that showed in the conversation that we had. And she's terrific. And they've got time for you, you know. And that, that was just me. I was actually having a conversation with the armorer. And she, and like for quite a long, like 20 minutes or so. And she's really cool too. Um, I'm, you know, don't want to name names all the time, but it's just, uh, and, and she's like, do you want to meet Tessa? I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? And she took me through there, you know, to see her and stuff. And so that was cool. Um, but as I'm saying, man, they, they've all been awesome. None of them have really been snobbish at all. Um, so that's a, that's a huge, that's a cool thing, you know, and, and it's, and it's so good to see because, have every every right to be when you're on set. You don't really want to be bothered by by extras and stuff, and you don't really want to be um, distracted, you know, from the task at hand. Because as we know, you got to concentrate when you're on these things. But you got to go off the flow too, and have a bit of fun with what you're trying to do. And that clearly showed on sets of those movies, like Taika Waititi having a great time with it, with Chris and Tessa, and that joking all the goddamn time. And that showed in the movie. That movie was amazing. It basically reignited the Thor series for them. And that's why, hence why they're doing another one, bringing Natalie Portman back for Thor Love and Thunder and a lot of hugely A-list um, actors. And I'm sure that film's going to be great too. And really ignited Taika Waititi on the scene, although he did some, he'd done some awesome films before then in TV series and stuff, but it really put him on the map as far as Hollywood's concerned. And now, and then he's like, now he's like like doing directing um, roles and, and acting in like, you know, the new Mandalorian series and probably going to do the second season, I believe and doing all these amazing like um, films that he's getting now and um, and and that just is a nod to him and the set that he ran you know and about being a carefree happy-go-lucky director it really shows on set with the way he's dealing with his actors and that shows in the final product of the film when you're having a good time you're going to make a good product you know and that's something that I've definitely been witnessed and and um and and had over the the films that i've shot you know and you sure you have some some that aren't as great and sometimes it shows you know and sometimes it actually shows for the better when you're not having a when the director's putting you through your paces and being a bit of an ass sometimes it's for the right thing he's trying to get something out of you in that scene and that's how he's going about what he's going about you know and not everyone's like that and most of them aren't but some of the good ones are too and you know, I respect that because at the end of the day, we're there to do a job, you know, this is an art form and we're, we're there to play a role. He's there to capture what we're doing and get the best out of us, therefore the best for the film, you know, and I'm all 100% for that because that's what goes. I love a rant, don't I? Okay, let's get to another question. This one's from Cammy. What single moment at any point in your life ignited the passion you have for acting, podcasting, and connecting to others? Well, and how do you find the drive to make this a reality? Why is it so important to you? All good questions, and all I guess um, can be explained together, really. Um, one single moment, like, like I say, 
that uh, moment that I spoke about before about rebuilding myself and coming over to Australia and, and falling into the acting game, it just felt right. I just felt like what I was supposed to do. Um, and after doing it, I remember my sister even said to me, do you, do you remember when we used to make those home, like we had the home handy cam, you know, and me and my mate Daz, uh, we used to do stupid little like, well, funny little like horror movies and all like we'd make these little like I don't even know skits and stuff like that I had completely forgotten about these things and she, and and she told me about it. she's like I've still got them on like VHS tape that's been like you know re-enhanced or whatever so she could see them and I need to I need to get a look at those um and I spoke about that with my mate when I caught up with him and NZ uh, we want to see those because I barely remember but it's just like I think I must have always wanted to do it um and always wanted to do acting and be a part of films because especially like growing up too is that I don't know if other people can relate to this or not but sometimes when you're not living these moments in your life um and like I said that I was a little quiet and and held myself back at times you're living through those movies you're like learning things about them and whether it be right or wrong in this day and age or this world you know like you're kind of living through it and it gets so much enjoyment out of watching um films or movies you know um and I think maybe that for me, like it gave me so much, I believe. So that's why I wanted to give back. And that's what made me one of the reasons, one of the many reasons why I wanted to go down this path and and, and be involved in, in films and acting and filmmaking is that is that it's just such an amazing thing and I wanted to give back. And it inspired me to do a lot of things in my life and want to chase down different avenues in my life through the things I saw in film. I thought, whoa, is that out there in the real world? And so I wanted to go down the, the, that path and I wanted to I wanted to experience those things for myself. And therefore, if I can give genuine, amazing performances or the best I possibly can do with what I was doing, that I could actually give this back to somebody else. You know, there could be another younger person like myself, male, female, what have you, that gets something from the performance or from the podcast that I'm doing or from the anything that I do in these, in these creative avenues that I'm going down is that they can get something from that or I can inspire them to chase their dreams of what they want to do because I was once inspired in that way as well. And for that, to believe in that, you know, and and especially, like I say, coming from a small town, there wasn't a lot of talk about that you could do these things. I remember having specific conversations um, about this, like, oh, you're not going to be an actor, you're not going to be this, you're not going to be that, you know, what do you really want from your life? And it's like, well, why not? Why can't I be these things? Why can't I do this? Because I feel like I can. I've got something within me that, that says to me that I can do this. So I'm going to go for this and I'm going to do this. And I did, and I'm doing it, you know, and it's just that, I think. And through podcasting, especially when I found podcasting, it's like I was referred to it by my mate T, Tristan, who used to help with the podcast a bit, you know. Um, he got me onto them, you know, Joe Rogan and the likes of it and other acting and podcasts and stuff like that. Um, and I was just like, this is just an amazing source of information. And this is amazing conversations that I want to have with other people that I'm getting from when I'm listening to these guys and or, or, or girls or females, you know. And I'm getting so much information that I can put to my life and that I can better it and push me forward further to the the things that I want to achieve. And it's just it's an amazing thing. You get you get amazing life lessons from some of these guys, you know, and some of the, some of these people that you that you're listening to. Um, that maybe you hadn't looked at those certain things or looked at that in life that in that way um, that you can apply to your own. And that's an amazing thing. So I love to talk. I love the sound of my own voice. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I do love to talk and I love to connect with people. And through through acting and filmmaking, I feel like I can reach the largest amount of people the easiest way and the best way by portraying these characters. And if I can do that, then to me, that's an amazing thing. You know, that's something that I want to dedicate my life to is connecting with other people because I absolutely love having conversations with people. doesn't matter who it is, like strangers, you know, anyone I meet, I'm always strumming up conversations with people. And I love that. I love connecting with people and hearing about how they do what they do and go about the things that they do. And because I can learn from that as well. And, 
you know, and that's a, a podcast in one, you know, like you can sit down for whether it be half an hour, an hour, two hours, three hours, you know, that's a conversation. You are locked in with that other person, especially when you've got mics and headphones, you are just locked into that conversation, you know, and, and it's just something special about that. And that's the number one, my favorite part about doing this podcast, going deep with Dan Good, is that I get to go deep with other people that I love and respect and that I support what they're doing. And I get to find out the little, little synchronicities about how they go about their daily life and how about they go about achieving these goals that they're setting for themselves and the things that they want to achieve. And I find that absolutely fascinating. And I hope people do that are listening as well, because to me, you can get so much of it. It's just valuable, totally valuable information for you. And it's like anything in life. You learn best by doing it yourself and being hands-on and learning from your mistakes. As we said, that's how you grow. But you can also learn some things not to do or some good things to do to help get the best out of you by these other people that you're talking to or that you're listening to. And to me, that's just, it's just the, the most valuable commodity that we can have is having real genuine conversations with one another. And I believe that is amazing and that's probably my only knock, you know, on like little bits of social media or maybe this day and age of like little snippets and this and that is that you can just lose all the good stuff in that and you can just judge things on such little little uh, little platforms you know like little videos and stuff like and you just don't get to see the full amount you don't get to see the full conversation the full the full information the full agenda by someone and what they're talking about, you know, and you judge so straight away and so flippantly on those, on those conversations, those little snippets that you hear. And it's just not a good way to go about it. You know, do some friggin' research and, and look into it a little more than just judge people on just the little clips and things that you see. That's my only knock on like the cancel culture side of things. Um, in that regard, it's just that, yeah, but let's not go down to a negative point because it's all, this is all really positive. And that's, 100%. Um, it's just that that's, that's what, that's what I love doing, you know, and I'm just sorry. I'm just trying to read the questions at the same time. How do you find the drive to make this a reality? I mean, that is just, that's what I believe in. That's what I like. That's what I feel like is an amazing thing about life. And so that's what drives me to keep doing it, you know? Um, and it's hard. It's hard to get guests sometimes. It's hard to work the schedules around everybody to sort this out and get this to you guys, you know, and you have hurdles like today where I have to do this myself, you know, and be one-on-one, -on -one, but it gives me a chance to talk to you guys one-on-one -on -one solo and for you to get to know a bit more about my backstory and why I'm doing this and why I like, love doing the podcast, you know, and why I like to do it for you guys, you know, and I just hope this audience builds, you know, and I, and I love and respect everyone that supported the podcast so far, you know, and we're, we're growing, we're just building this thing, man. It's just, it's developing on its own. And it's why I haven't pushed to do ads and sponsors and things like that and try to monetize off this is like, I'm, you know, this is costing me money to do, but I don't mind because it's an invaluable resource that I've got. With, with you guys in connecting to you and connecting to the guests that I generally have on the podcast. And to me, that's just an amazing thing. So it's just a part of life, you know, and something that I choose to do. And that's what drives me to keep doing it. So I hope you like it. Uh, why is it important to you? Well, I've just basically really explained all that, I, I, I guess, um, and with that. But um, Bernard, Bernard, my man, Bernard Mina, we had on the podcast there. Uh, great guy. Why acting? Why not something else? <laughs> Great question. Something that we spoke about on the podcast a bit um, ourselves is just like, why would you put yourself through this, you know? It's tough, man. It's one of the hardest things you can try and go and do. Anything, I guess, worth doing in life, and it, it, it is. Um, why, I guess, well, I did speak about that too. Why is just because it just feels good. It feels like something I'm supposed to do. You know, I love connecting with others and, and that's why I like the acting portion of it is like an artistic and creative, uh, expression, you know, and there's always been, like I say, I held myself back, um, at times when I was growing up and, and so that there's like little recesses of, of my mind and my body and my soul and what I, what I want to bring out, um, that I get to bring out in these characters that I may not get to actually, 
uh, pursue in real life. And I think that's an amazing part about acting is that you get to play these cool roles, you know, these, you get to be a spy, you get to be, um, sometimes you get to be the bad guy, you get to do all these things that are like different and take on these different characters that it's really exciting to do. You're not hurting anyone, you know, you're doing it for entertainment. You're doing it for other people's entertainment because you're producing these bodies of artwork. Um, and like any artwork, it's on self, self-expression, you know, on our, on our side, we're creating something that's artistic for us. we have that creative flair, that expression, the, um, the, we're delving into something within ourselves that we're putting out there. And then it's like, then, the artist, well, the director like tweaks it and molds it, you know, then the editor does the same thing when they go around to do their thing and then they put the score and the music to it and that can really heighten the emotion or dampen it or whatever it does, you know. But then it's like from the viewer's point of view, they get to they get to watch it back and then that's their own artistic expression because they get to judge for themselves what they think of it, you know, and, and what emotion that, um, that it irks up inside of them and therefore it creates something else in their life, you know, and it's just so many expressive ways to look at that um, and to really embrace it, you know, from an artistic standpoint. It's just, it's an amazing thing to do. And that's why, man, because I just, I love to create, you know, it's something that I never, I probably maybe stealthed or didn't delve into because I held myself back. And now I get to do that in the, in, in just the, the, the best environments going around. It's an amazing thing to be on a set. It's an amazing thing to be there with a bunch of cool creatives, you know, and we're all got our own skills and our own things that we're good at and we're maybe not so good at, but we're confining them together to make a beautiful piece of art and that you get to see, you know, as a film, as a TV show, as as a podcast. Um, I still see it as art. And just it's an expression and it's just it's an awesome thing to, to do and to go down. Um yeah, and just just lastly, uh, I don't have it written down there, but I know uh, my MJ sent it through. He actually said to me, um, you know, what's your one-year plan? What's your five-year? What's your 10-year plan? And how are you going to go about doing it? <laughs> That's a tough question. Um, but you know what? It's, um, it's a valid question. Um, and I know deep down why he's asking me it. Um, cause we've had those chats before, you know, we, we, we did a bit of training together along the way and we spoke about possibly going to Canada at other points to pursue because it was a good market and a good way. They shoot a lot of stuff there, you know, um, he's in Sydney now. He moved to Sydney from Brisbane to do his thing there. And now he's like a qualified stunt performer. And I have spoken about him before on the podcast, um, about wanting to get him on and we, we just got to get navigate that and try and get him on at some point. Um, and he's doing great things and I know he's been on some big films lately too with it because he's got himself qualified as a stunt performer and he's also an actor, you know, and, and, and an awesome dude and he's going about what he's doing. So I love and respect that. And that question, you know, that's, that's a tough one. I've never really been a planner. I do plan things, but it's just something about, I guess, I do have plans. I will, I will say that. Uh, <laughs> I've got a lot of plans. But I like to go with the flow. I like to live in the moment and I feel like that's the best ways to find out things about yourself, you know, um, and what you're made of and the org- organic way of doing it because I don't like to have an agenda. I see through people with agendas, you know, when you're talking to them and in this business that happens a lot. Um and they're not really the people that I want to associate myself around, you know. But that's not to say that plans aren't great because like I spoke about, about reaching the top of that mountain, um, that you need these little plans, these little goals um, within yourself to achieve these uh, achieve these things. And I guess w- when you put it to a one-year plan, you know, for me right now is to keep putting these podcasts out consistently. As you know, we've been putting them out one a month and I want to do more. I really do. And that's what I really see myself doing in under that year's time is, is hopefully I want to be to the point where I'm putting them out at least one a week, you know, but I am putting things in place to get a, get a studio and get that set up going. So I have everything set up here so I don't have to keep setting everything up every time before I do these podcasts. And it just creates uh, more room for people to come around and do the podcasts all the time um, and consistently get them out there and build this bigger and bigger, you know, there's ways to do it. I got to get some Google keywords. I got to get, 
better with the social media side of things and getting people involved. And that's me talking to people that are better in these areas than I am. Um, and so we can get more eyes, more ears on the podcast. Um, and that, that's for sure something that I'm putting in place to, to happen. Um, and also eventually, obviously I do want to, I would like to make some sort of uh, monetization on the podcast, but really that's not the most important thing to me, but it is because in the way of I can keep creating and keep giving you guys this content in it. Um, cause like I said, it's costing me at the moment, which I don't mind because I get a lot from it, but that's something I'm putting in place as well. Um, also, and I hope my boss doesn't watch this <laughs> people from my work, but look, I'm, you know, I work on cars as a trade, um, and have done for a while. And, it's, you know, I won't sound too dramatic and say that it, it, I die inside every day I walk in there, but it's not striving, it's it's not creating more creativity for me. It's not tapping into the things that I want to do. It's not what I want to do for a job. And right now that's basically one of my number one priorities and, and I'm, I'm, I'm not turning on the podcast genre because I believe this is the way of the future and people are seeing that now with the numbers that people are putting out, that dwarf radio really. But I am have been applying for radio gigs. Um, it's something I believe that I'll be good at. It's a, another platform, you know, for me. Um, or whether I get on a network that has, you know, more professional podcasts with a bigger audience already or what have you or build it up from there with something behind you, a network behind you, that's what I'm doing at the moment and that's what I endeavor to get out of. But also, you know, I'm still, I'm still acting. Um, I would I endeavor to put a lot more time into my acting energy into my acting um, and getting out of the full-time job will 100% give me that uh, freedom. And that's probably the number one, one of the number one priorities for me uh, right now is, is getting that and giving myself a situation to better myself and be a better, be a better actor, better performer, better podcaster and better content creator um, is giving myself that opportunity to invest in myself and, and put more, more quality content out there. Um, and that's, that's what I'm going down the road of right now. And that's one of the number one priorities, but still in life also I have, uh, you know, and also my entertainment company, Yin Yang ENT, you know, that's what we produce the podcast under done bulk short films and, and, uh, and other videos and things like this for people. I, I consistently am working on that too. And that's another avenue, but they all work with each other, you know, and now I have a lot of plans for that to be bigger, um, with other avenues that I want to go down to when I get a bigger studio space as well with that. But we'll sit on that for a little while because I'm not one to overly talk about what hasn't happened. You know, there's things in place, there's, there's moving past to this and, and there is a plan to the bigger thing. But I don't want to put everything out there, you know. I'm big on putting it out there to come to fruition and putting it out there in the universe and putting that good positive energy out there. But, you know, there's things, there's processes to this, you know, and we all do it differently. Um but also just personally in life, you know, like uh, uh, like at the moment I'm single again. Uh, I know I've spoken about it once or twice on the podcast. I did have a girlfriend a while ago and, and she's awesome. But, you know, that didn't work out and that is what it is, you know. But my personal life, I want to grow that. I want to write a die partner, you know. And that's part of part of what's in there, you know, in the plan because I do want that, you know, and eventually, you know, have a little family of my own, you know. But uh, like I spoke about before, it's like I've got energy and attention that I need to give to everything I'm creating right now. And and and, and I just strongly believe it will all work out, you know, once uh, the, the, the dominoes will will roll in effect uh, once the first one gets knocked over, you know, the first real good big one. Um, so that'll happen, you know. But I guess that molds into a one and a five-year and ten-year plan and it's something that I'll, I'll honestly say and I'll be straight up with you that uh, I don't have that set exactly in motion right now with the bigger picture of the bigger plans. Um, I have an idea of what I'm doing and, I'm, and I know I'm achieving all these little goals along the way to the to the bigger plan. But I don't have it formulated exactly per se in writing of like this to this and this and this of this time period because I think time periods are a hard thing to work with as well. Whilst it is good because it keeps you honest and accountable of what you're trying to achieve, um, they can be unrealistic too in such an ever-for-changing industry and it's hard to 
put it down. But right now what I concentrate on is having all these things in place, the dominoes in place for when the first one really knocks over and say goes viral or what have you, the first really big role and opportunity that do end up landing that's really big, you know, is that these other things are going to all roll off and be knocked down at the same time, you know, the domino effect of it all. And that's why I work on so hard behind the scenes on all these other avenues that I want to happen because I know once that first one is, is really going, that the rest of them are just going to roll off from there and being prepared for that situation when it happens in life is a number one priority for me and what I strongly, strongly believe in having there. Um, and that's, I mean, that's it, man. But it's something, MJ, I hold myself accountable for and that I'm really working on at the moment is that is that uh, that bigger picture, that bigger plan, that bigger... 10-year plan, you know, five-year plan. Um, I have sketches, I have outlines, you know, but it's uh, something that I've definitely once, because I've had this holiday recently, I've had time to refocus and re-energize because and, I was just working so hard at everything, um, is that I've had time to think about those things and that's it's on the list, brother. It's on the list to be, to be dealt with and um, to be planned and it's something that I'll be doing very soon and really putting it down and, and working out those little goals. But like I said, I, I know that it's the little goals to get to the bigger picture and to get to those bigger plans and achieving those bigger goals. But that's what I'll say today, guys. You know, this is, um, we'll talk for a while here, you know, we did the hour or so. So um, that was me, you know, and us going solo and going deep. And I hope you enjoyed today. I hope you got something from it, no matter what it is, you know, or even if you just got to know me a little better and what I'm about. And I hope you continue to go on this journey with me. You know, we're doing this together, you know, we're, we're going deep and with, with these other entertainers, these other artists and everyone that we have on the podcast. And I'm going to continue to do this. And, and I hope you guys enjoy the content that we're putting out there and everything we're doing with the podcast and just keep following us. You know, it's, um, yeah, love and respect you guys support you go out what you're doing never fear the air brenda mccullen crocodile <laughs> no one's going to really know that one but never fear the opportunity in front of you you know you just got to go for it and take a swing because taking that swing is eventually one of them's going to go for a home run and then you're going to be in the zone and you're going to be where you want to be and you're going to have things there to work with and there things there and a power within you to actually achieve these goals that you're setting for yourself so Go for it. Go hard. Do the work in between. You know it's hard. You know the sacrifices you have to make. Go for it because you can do it and you can be better. You'll wake up better tomorrow. You'll wake up stronger and you're going to achieve these dreams that you set for yourself. Righto. That's me out. Woo. We did it. Another podcast done. Hope you enjoyed the one today, guys. As I said before, going so long, going deep with you today. Keep going. Keep doing what you're doing. If you'd like to follow us and support the podcast on Instagram, going deep with Dan Good or my own personal account, Dan Triple underscore Good. Or you can obviously subscribe to the YouTube channel and see the video, see us up close and personal. Nothing beats the visual, guys, but I love the audio platforms as well. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all those major platforms is where you can get the pod. Please tell your friends, share it around, let them know what we're doing here. Thanks for the support, guys. I really appreciate it. Later.